we all have our own opinions on the albums we like and dislike, but what is it about good albums that make them good albums? Is it the production? Maybe the lyrics? Or some might even say that it's the features. Sit back and listen as we weigh the impact that all of these attributes plus some more have on the quality of an album. Alright, what's going on guys? Nikhil and Lucas here back for episode 5 now of Hip Hop Hype Hour. It's pretty crazy that we're already this far, you know, it's, it doesn't even seem like that long ago we started this, so that's pretty cool. Right. How you do it? Time doing, flies man? when you're talking shit, bro. I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. Um, yep. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Yeah. I mean, we both got like, what, two weeks left in the semester. So stuff's kind of starting to wrap up, you know, getting ready for the end here. And for you, the final end, right? <laughs> Your yeah, last the final end, the college, last, right? last semester, yes, sir. It feels yep. good, man. It feels good yeah. to almost be through with it. Yeah, yeah, same here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not just our classes, though, you know, like, I think everything's starting to more or less go back to, we're starting right. to get there. We're starting to get back to normal, right? Exactly. Yep. And once again, to the people listening, if you haven't gotten your vaccine, go get your vaccine. In the, the quicker yeah. everyone gets vaccinated, the quicker we'll be able to get back to where things were. Um, but yeah, before we jump into our topic for today, I guess we'll go through and this, this is kind of, it's nice to be able to say this, go through some like news around the hip hop and R&B industry because music's actually dropping here and there now. Um, yeah, you know, man. Last week, speaking la- of back to normal. Yeah. 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 Last week we talked about, we had Slime Language 2 release, right? And we actually got a deluxe that dropped last night. So nothing really crazy. It was like eight extra tracks, which I thought was a little bit overkill considering there were already like 23 yeah. on the original <laughs> it's already compilation. So many. Yeah. I actually have not listened to any of the new tracks yet, but. Um, Me neither. I yeah. wasn't even aware it, it dropped because I don't know, it just didn't show up on my radar. Yeah, but we got those eight extra tracks there. And then we also got, um, by the weekend, we got a Save Your Tears remix with Ariana Grande, which was pretty cool. Um, obviously, the song's over a year old now, so this is more of kind of like a business and label move here. Right. Because the song was already charting. They're probably trying to get it up to top five. That's what I think, because I think he's gearing up for his tour. Yeah, and, and especially, yeah. you know, you have The Weeknd and Ariana Grande, both like top five most listened yeah. to artists on Spotify. So whenever you got those two collabing, it's all, it's a big deal, right? Um, we also, I think we got a little teaser from Baby Keem that's about to drop a new song next week. So um, not, not this week, but next week, I think he'll be coming out with something. Um, and the last thing I had on my list was, you know, the culture three rumors are continuing. I know oh. I talked last <laughs> week, last week, the Migos posted like a little thing, like culture three on the way, like they've been doing for the past two years, but it really seems like those, these little like hints and teasers have kind of started ramping up. So I guess that's a sign that maybe this summer we'll, you know, actually get some new music for once from the Migos. Will it be good it's on or the not? way? Time will tell, but yeah. And I think yeah. you had something you wanted to mention. As yeah, well, man, right? I had a I had a little track the EP that dropped earlier this week from Corday okay. that I really enjoyed quite a lot. So I wanted to mention that Corday dropped um, just until it's a little EP. It's four songs. One of them has Young Thug. Like Young Thug has been busy. Yep. <laughs> I mean, when is he not lately. though? Like when is he? Not? That's true. Even That's true. He's one of the movie. highest like featured artists for sure. But um, I don't know. I really like yeah. the blends on this. I really like. Did just until these albums come out, like we're gearing up, we're ramping up. Corday's doing it too, so right. something yeah. good. And from what I've heard, you know, Young Thug's one of those artists. Like other artists say, he does features so quickly, and he's one of those artists that doesn't even write stuff down. He'll just get in the booth and just say whatever and turn it into something decent. And I think that's talent right there. You know, obviously not the most uh, lyrically talented guy mm-hmm. out there, but in terms of just making music that you know feel some type of way like he gets the job done so you know he'll continue to put out just massive amounts of music oh yeah as long as he's in the industry um but yeah that's what all we have for news here for now um but let's get into the topic for today so last week we did an artist spotlight so this week today is just going to be a general episode here and one of our most i think open-ended topics we've had so far so today we're going to be talking about what makes a good album and like kind of what Mm. separates good albums from albums that maybe are not so great and like i just said this is a very open-ended topic it's also a very very subjective topic you can ask anyone and each person will probably give you 
a different answer, right? Uh, because right. everyone will have their own opinions and personal biases and what they look for an album and what they might interpret as like, you know, good parts to an album. And you, I guess everyone will find out we'll probably have our own, you know, differences as well. Yeah, here, difference but, of opinion. Yeah, right. for sure. Um, yeah, Why I was thinking about that last here? week. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about this last week. You know, we were talking, we're like, oh, you know, like Good Kid Mad City, this is such a great oh, album, bro. Like, we're like, this is a classic. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah like these words are very kind of ambiguous. Right, right. I think it's a good thing for us to kind of talk right. about that now. And I, yeah, I also uh, wanted to point out a couple of things here. I think it's very important to really make sure that it's your own personal opinion that you're stating. Mm -hmm. Because once an album, like Kendrick Lamar, right? You know, everyone says Good Kid Mad City is good. So like, even if somebody like it's even if they have a valid reason for maybe a critique about it or something they don't like about the album, they probably won't say it just because of the conformity bias in the sense that like, oh, everyone says it's a good album. So I've got to say it's a good album too. Right. Social media, social media does kind of distort that a little bit and people will kind of bandwagon and tend to want to agree with what everyone else is saying. But um, I think it's really important to stay true to yourself when coming up with these opinions, right? Yeah, that's that's a really good point. You know, I do think there's kind of like this critical mass of like a public opinion that has a lot more mm -hmm. um, visibility than it used to, you know. So, right. um, yeah, I guess like uh, along those lines, I think something also interesting to talk about is like the difference between a good single and a good album, mm -hmm. like just kind of flagging this now. Like, I, I think that you can have a lot of good tracks, like good individual tracks on the same album but that does not necessarily mean that it's a good album so i guess yeah. starting this discussion off what do you look for in an individual track like what makes a standout track in in your opinion right for sure and actually just to clarify on something here i think it related to what we were just saying just because an album has a ton of numbers like a lot of sales and everything mm -hmm. does it that, that shouldn't be the indicator that it's a good album now in the long run something that sells a lot you can probably find correlations between good albums selling a lot of units and i guess a good analogy is kind of like college right you know having a good gpa isn't necessarily a good indication of long-term success right right um and that kind of applies here too just because like at, there, there definitely is kind of a positive suggestion that okay maybe a lot of people who have good gpas are more likely to be more successful in the long run you know that correlation may definitely be there but it's the same thing with albums right like just because something sells a lot of numbers doesn't mean it's good like justin bieber can put out something and it's gonna you know hit charts regardless right. of what it is whether it's good or not you know what i mean um so yeah i just wanted to touch on that but i think for me to be honest like a good single versus like a good album it's very hard to say really because i feel like the singles tend to be intentionally chosen as like the best song out of the album and sometimes right or like you know what i mean does that kind of make sense yeah i, I get that perspective um mm -hmm. that's definitely like they're definitely the standout tracks because they're what people are going right. to listen to and if people like it they're gonna be like oh i'm gonna find where this come from mm -hmm. uh but i think that also like a single in my opinion is chosen more so to like to do that it's more of an okay. attention getter right it's yes, like a good yeah. single is an attention getter it's catchy you're gonna remember it because a single needs to capture your attention it needs to get you interested in in mm -hmm. like the album or in the artists like their discography right yeah, and i've seen i've seen in recent years like you'll have artists who'll drop a single and it won't really fit in with the rest of the album because they'll kind of just put it on the album to boost the numbers a little bit right mm -hmm. um, but it'll it'll feel a little out of place and sometimes you'll have artists who will release a single and then they won't even put it on the album right so i think that validates your point of view here right. in terms of like it being an attention getter so yeah i can definitely agree with that um also right so then oh, um go ahead sorry yeah i was just gonna say like so then you have this maybe this question of like, uh, okay, does an album need to be rememberable? Like, you know, like I think that is like an important criteria for an album too, right. is that it's memorable, but right. I don't think that it's like the entire purpose of the album. So yeah, I think that's that, an important yeah. distinction to make that I think yeah. for a single, it matters a lot more than it does for an album, like how yeah. catchy and, and like in your face it is. Right. And, and just to clarify something here, when we refer to album, we're referring to any body of work by an artist, right? Like, I, I guess that's safe to say, because there's so many different classifications these days. You got studio gotcha, albums, yeah. you got mixtapes, mix you got yeah. EPs, LPs. <laughs> 
but like when when we say album that's an umbrella term for any body of work or a collection of music by an artist or a group of artists um and yeah i think what you're saying about like memorability or longevity i guess in this case i think that kind of draws into the like takes even one step further here and like when people talk about classic albums right mm -hmm. like you know they'll they'll talk about like oh like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy that's a classic album right there right, right. you know because it's so even though it was like over a decade ago it's still remembered to this day or something like take care right you know even though it was one of drake's first albums they say like a lot of people will agree that it's his best body of work that he's put out you know take care like a classic album right there um because they've kind of, they stand the test of time here whereas you have so many albums that like have released only maybe a couple of years ago oh yeah <laughs> and they've already kind of just faded into the sunset right but again it's not necessarily like an indicator of whether an album is good or not because you there's a lot of good albums that you can say are not necessarily like classic albums right so i think right. their classic is kind of like an elite status of of a good like solid album you know what i mean right okay yeah so sure so we so we have like uh maybe this like this range right where we yeah. have like uh classic albums are like the s tier mm -hmm. these are like yeah, the goaded sure, albums sure. indisputably yeah. and then yeah. you have like great albums that's like your a if i was gonna mm -hmm. see like that's, that's doing really good um and then you have good albums it's like your bc and then you have like bad albums which is your f yeah so <laughs> so like maybe we can think red. about this scale yeah so as we're talking about elements maybe we can think about this this scale yeah. and let's talk about exactly. that first one then let's talk about yeah. like longevity right so mm -hmm. where, where do bad albums fit in on this longevity scale does that um, make sense does this like even I'll, play a, yeah. a factor in a bad album <laughs> it does it does like i just said a i said it twice a few seconds ago whole lot of red <laughs> when is yeah. the last time anyone really talks about whole lot of red it released <laughs> people talked about it for a week or two it got like hella memed on like twitter and stuff and now like no one really cares and it's it's funny because you have this album that was anticipated for like two years you would expect like that to be talked about for many months after the fact right mm -hmm. and i mean you look at something like astroworld like he was able to brand travis scott was able to brand himself like off of astroworld like everything oh yeah everything became about astroworld after he released that album and it's been like almost three years now and he's he's still got like astroworld fest and like everyone knows astroworld as like being synonymous with travis scott so i guess those are kind of two examples on both ends of the spectrum here. You have an album like Whole Lotta Red by Playboy Cardi that was supposed to be really, really big and is like barely even talked about anymore now. Whereas you have something like Astroworld, you know, we're three years out and it's still super relevant. So I guess those are examples on both sides here that I wanted to Yeah, that, that's a that's a good point. Um, so you're saying like Whole Lotta Red is F tier? Oh, of course, without a doubt. <laughs> you're not even gonna give it C tier? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. So in terms of longevity, I'm, I'm agreeing with you, right? Like yeah. I, I can't think about the last time someone talked about that. Um, mm -hmm. I know we, we hate on this a lot, but I'll just bring it up again. Chance the rappers, like the big day, nobody <laughs> yeah. talks about that anymore right, in, a, yeah. in a positive a note, example. but people still talk about acid rap, right? People still mm -hmm, talk about, mm -hmm. um, yep. his mixtapes. Yep. So I think that, I think you're right. I think like having the discussion and notoriety like matters to some extent. Mm -hmm. um but i also want to like talk more like so does that mean that what about these albums that are like kind of more underground albums right, that don't get right. a lot of like love and appreciation and aren't really talked about so like mm -hmm. one of my favorites like mick jenkins the waters is like okay. one of my favorite projects from an artist and for a long mm -hmm. time i loved that album like it's not really an album so much as a mixtape but right. um and that doesn't get talked about a lot because mick jenkins mm -hmm. isn't like a the super huge um artist so and where does that where, fit in yeah that's a great question that, that's where like this sense of like subjectivity comes into play right because mm -hmm. like i mean I, I, honestly i don't have a great answer for that like it's it's um i it, i guess it's it's more of like a, a niche space right because less people know about that album but right. the people who do know about it all agree that it's you know a classic in that sense so i feel like I feel like maybe a good way to approach this is like if there's a general consensus among like the core group of listeners for a particular artist that all agree that like yeah like if they're like, obviously it's not going to be everyone right because everyone's right. going to have their own opinions but if you get a general trend um i think that is kind of an indication of like what 
qualifies as like a good album or a classic album in terms of longevity okay that's that's a good argument that's a good point that i wasn't thinking about so much as like niche groups for everything we're talking about today it's so hard to apply like like a rule blanket rules yeah everything right so yeah 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 it's very opinionated stuff Um, yeah but that makes sense to me i think that's a good argument for longevity like an a bad album will be quickly forgotten about whereas a a good album will be talked about for like a a little while people may still reference it here and there but like Mm -hmm. it's not really still at the forefront of conversations and then like great albums are still at the forefront right Mm -hmm. um like like astroworld Mm -hmm. and then classics are Mm -hmm. like compared to that's what i think i think like classics are the things that everyone gets compared to you know like illmatic yeah stuff like that Another artist you can kind of allude to here is Lil Uzi Vert, right? Because, you know, you look mm. at Eternal A Take, it's just, it's really not talked about that much anymore, but you'll still find songs like Money Longer from his original mixtapes right. that'll appear on like in social media and in memes and stuff. So those little things are kind of indications of what albums are really standing the test of time and what are not, right? So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the next thing I wanted to talk about here, um, and this is kind of more of a personal preference, but one of the things that really like is kind of like a deal breaker for me when it comes to albums is the quality of the production and just oh like, yeah the the like how the beats sound and I feel like overall... we're about to shit all over yeah. a whole lot of red again. <laughs> but yeah, the the overall vibe that the album uh-huh. gives because at the end of the day, like you know like music like vocals are important right you know that that, that's the vocals are coming from the artist but music is so much about like how it makes you feel or like the kind of vibe you get from listening to it that like production matters and the overall aesthetic that an album has does really matter so for me like if an album has like beats that i really like and kind of good instrumentals that'll like automatically put it like above like an album that maybe doesn't hit the mark in terms of production quality for me Mm -hmm. that's yeah i think that i i do have a preference for production too okay but not in the same way that that you do so i feel like your your thoughts on production are like i want production to be Mm -hmm. good Mm -hmm. and my thoughts on production is i think i think a great album is enhanced by the production okay not so much like the production sounds good necessarily so Mm -hmm. i'll give you like two examples so like one that i've referred to i'll probably refer to it a lot because i really like this yeah, album and sure. i think it's a great album that doesn't get talked about enough is mick jenkins the waters right uh-huh. um it has this very like kind of spacey like v- almost like underwater sound and actually the production on, on that you know? note i might have to check out that album then because that sound is actually like my favorite type of like production sound like yeah, i don't know I, why <laughs> but that spacey underwater kind of that vibe like i don't know every single song that has that aesthetic i just love i just end up really loving the song definitely I, I check it out is, then but, it's really yeah. good <laughs> yeah okay. it's, it's a really really great album okay. um but yeah it's kind of like yeah it, it's definitely something that i think on that in that terms like it sounds really good there and i think it works Mm -hmm. in a really effective way it sounds really good and enhances Mm -hmm. the sound there that helps make it great but i think another project i really enjoyed uh like last year that i feel like doesn't like um i feel like it was appreciated at the time but the production is very like it's very ugly is like clipping um visions of bodies being burned like i i think that that okay project um if you haven't heard of it it's kind of this more like eclectic um horror core type mm-hmm. rap album so like the the beats are very like jarring and it's very um almost industrial and grating and so okay. like you're, you're not supposed to like the sound of it but it works uh-huh. because it's supposed to be kind of like you're supposed to feel like kind of anxious when you're listening to it and mm-hmm. like these and it, it evokes these emotions really well so i think that the mm-hmm. production can be subpar and as long as it like that's the intention and it's executed like masterfully I think mm-hmm. it can still be a great album and even a classic album. I think exactly. it's harder to make a classic album like that, though. Like, yeah. it's harder to have, like, these off-core elements and have a classic album. The only album I can think of that even has anything close to that is um, not even rap-related. It's, uh-huh. like, uh, Captain Beefheart's uh, Trout Mask Replica, which has kind of, like, been memed into classic status. Okay. Like, <laughs> it itself is not even that good, right? Like, There's yeah. a lot of, like, stuff in the indie and folk area mm-hmm. and avant-garde area that have bad production but they're still mm-hmm. classics and they're still great 
because right. they like do like this really meaningful purpose. And I think that hip hop is is heading in that direction. I think okay. albums with more eclectic production are getting mm -hmm. a lot more recognition. Like Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp to a Butterfly, Butterfly had this yeah. jazz production yeah. that like nothing else has done and no one else has even gotten close to. And right. I think that that's one of the reasons it's considered a classic because, yeah. yeah. So I and think I was that, Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I think that that like is like an area that I expect to see more like classics and great albums kind of like take that mm -hmm. mark of like, not necessarily good, like the production done like masterfully, not necessarily mm -hmm. great sounding, but like right. masterfully done. Right. Yeah. And again, this is one of those things. And actually, before I say that, I was rewatching this, um, I think Kendrick Lamar, when he was on Jimmy Fallon this one time, and he said that to Pimp a Butterfly was he wanted to make an album like that as his first project, but he was mm -hmm. too hesitant because it is so like experimental and just right. like it is such a risk that he wasn't confident enough to do that the first time you know what i mean like as good kid mad city we talked about last week it is it is still a little bit more traditional in terms of like what mm -hmm. a rap album sounds like but once he had the confidence he went through with it and executed it perfectly but this this idea with production here i think it applies differently like per artist and so many of so much of what we say depending on what artists you're about to listen to you're gonna have different expectations for that artist because yeah. you look at someone like playboy cardi who we're talking about like he gets carried by his production like that that's just you know like he obviously vocalizes on top of it but it's mm -hmm. really the production that he lets take the lead on his songs whereas with kendrick lamar it's like he's letting the production complement his incredible lyrics right right so there's yeah that's a good point like, like mm -hmm. I think there's a whole like like the whole genre of like the SoundCloud like trap mm -hmm. like mumble rap quote unquote. Yeah. I, I don't like using that term, but yeah, um, I think that that describes it well. Like the like the lyrics aren't really even in focus at all. There, it's all like you're going for this like do it yourself DIY aesthetic in those mm -hmm. like the production is supposed to be kind of like low grade anyone can do it because that was the whole thing of SoundCloud, right? Like hey, anyone can make a song, put it on SoundCloud, and and get generation get hits off yeah. of it. So, and one thing that I want to make sure we don't skip here, and I think is very overlooked, is um, the placement and selection of samples within mm. albums. Because what I've noticed is I feel like what really separates like not just the best like rappers like from like the okay rappers I guess in the industry, but like the really really great albums from like you know just your run of the mill album here is what samples are used and how they kind of fit in with the beat and the rest of the aesthetic here because obviously Kendrick Lamar you know I, we keep referencing Kendrick but that's just it's because he's so great right you know how always has great sample selection in his music and even like for me like my like Drake who I listen to a lot like you can Greg has a lot of great samples that he puts in his music mm -hmm. um in all of his albums and especially for people who like have heard those samples before. It's like, you hear that sample. It's like, wait, oh my God, I've heard right. that before. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that kind of enhances the overall effect for you while you're listening to it. Yeah, de definitely. Like I think that definitely like the, the inspiration, like the, the samples that inform the music a lot. I think a good example is like, there's, there's actually like even genres of music, like plunder phonics is one genre okay. where like the entire, music like the entire beat is sampled so i think the the avalanches is a really good example of an artist that they do a lot of collab with hip-hop artists and their right. albums and, and they just completely sample everything they have is samples on their tracks mm -hmm. um so i agree i think that it definitely can serve like a really good purpose i think that's why kanye was is like one of the most mm -hmm. adored hip-hop artists even though his lyrics are definitely like questionable at times and you know mm -hmm. keep it 300 like the romans and <laughs> things like yeah. that like that don't make any sense, but you're just like, dude, these samples are so good. These, this production is so good. These beats are so good that I'm exactly. just going to let that slide. Exactly. Um, so that's a really good point. I think that's actually a great transition in the next thing here, because another, another attribute that really kind of makes a difference for me in listening to an album and will really like take me from just like liking an album to loving an album will be, you know, albums that have like a concept or a theme mm -hmm. or that they drive a narrative and all the songs are kind of like almost telling a story or fitting in with this like bigger picture that the artist is trying to paint here. Um, why don't you start talking about that a little bit? Like get us. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely yeah. something that I love. Like I, I love having like a strong narrative. Um, and I feel like storytelling has definitely like been a, a bit of a lost art 
uh, mm -hmm. and a lot of hip hop. Like, like that's something that will separate a F tier album from an S tier album is having like something cohesive that a listener can like follow along with. And I think mm -hmm. tying back to samples, like having these like intermissions is also something that I think like some of my favorite albums that I think are classics have like these really good intermissions that kind of like yes. tie together everything. Yes, for um, sure. A great example of like a, a classic I would say is the Marshall Mathers LP uh, mm -hmm. from Eminem. Like right. it has a lot of standout singles, like the real Slim Shady, like some, yeah. some really classic songs, Stan, but it also has like these really good skits. If you listen to the whole album, like front to back, that has like mm -hmm. Eminem dealing with these people that are like giving him hell. Like he's dealing with um, his label and his people are like, mm -hmm. either like, I can't sell this record. Like Dre's rapping about blunts in 40s and you're rapping about <laughs> like Vicodins and homosexuals. Like what the heck, man? Like yeah. it, it's a bit dated in some of its concepts, but like yes. I think having those intermissions even though like some of like the the lyrics and the content itself is dated like it still mm -hmm. gives you something that you can attach to and kendrick mm -hmm. lamar's good kid mad city you know yeah, we talk about sure. it because i think he just does it so masterfully he did it on that he has this poetry interludes on the pimp a butterfly he's got mm -hmm. the like um calls with his cousin about um like his cousin on on damn like yeah so i just think that mm -hmm. like that gives the listener not just something to like hold on to but i think that really gives like the listener like that puts you in the artist's shoes so it i is. think that's like a, a really like well done technique and i don't think there's any bad albums that do that you know well i i was okay maybe not bad albums but i think that there have been some albums that have had that intention to drive a narrative or set up some kind of theme or try to tell a story but the execution has been rather poor one of right. them is gonna i'm gonna allude back to this but eternal a take right because i felt oh like yeah the station <laughs> yeah it was supposed to be like there was definitely a theme going on there and he had these like weird interludes and samples at like the end of songs um mm -hmm. and the al and um, the album cover as well kind of like tied to that as well it was supposed to tell some sort of like extraterrestrial type story or something like you could tell there was definitely some intention to like drive a theme or narrative with the album but i just didn't get it while i was listening it was like the lyrics right. didn't tie into it yeah the, that's nothing, true i couldn't it was like you have you have the, all the pieces of the puzzle but the puzzle is not assembled i guess right. is like well, a good way. that's true like i definitely think that 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 is like one case where it was like particularly bad um, I think I was talking about bust. I think I know I, I mentioned Buster Rhymes, like extinction level threat too. Yeah, we like, talked about that earlier. Mm -hmm. um, that has like this interlude that he's got like Chris Rock talking about Buster Rhymes like a couple of okay. times, and it doesn't work all the time. So like oh, I, I, like, I get what you're saying. Like we got Savage Mode too, right? We had Morgan Freeman where like, it works really like, well, <laughs> right? Yeah. Where it does work very well, right? Um, so so my argument here is I think when it works really well, it works really well. You mm -hmm. know, like on Savage yes. Mode too, on Kendrick yes. Lamar's projects. And I think when it doesn't work well, it doesn't like put, it doesn't fail the album for me. It doesn't make okay. it like a, I can't listen to this. This is horrible. Right. And, um, and with Eternal A Take, right? I'm not saying it was a trash album. Like I will still listen to it here and there. Right. Like it's not like a deal breaker for me, but right. you can tell when the execution fails. Yeah, kind of that's true. Yeah. Versus, versus I think production is one of those things where if you have bad production, it'll mm -hmm. fail the album. Like it's an right. F for me yeah. if, if for you have sure. bad production. Right. So I think that this is an element like having these skits interludes mm -hmm. and narrative is an element that helps a lot more than it hurts so i like right. seeing artists like take that risk because i can always skip the interludes like usually they're yeah. the separate tracks you know i can always just hit skip if it's like getting that yeah. bad like uh kid cuddy's like speeding bullet to heaven mm. 2 has this like horrible beavis and butthead <laughs> it's on it like <laughs> i just yeah. skipped the shit out of those dude yeah and, and um, the other the, i want to also make it clear like this is not just limited to like storytelling right like you can also right. execute on themes very well again with astro world talking about this here it's like every song on that album like represents an amusement park ride is kind of mm -hmm. like the way he went with that and Astroworld is something like it, it's one of Travis's childhood memories right and he wanted to kind of bring that back to life with an album and the album cover is also so symbolic in that sense in that like it shows like people like you have like a, a replica of like Travis Scott's head and you're kind of taking a journey into his mind like with the album so right. I think even though there's not interludes and there's not necessarily a story being told it's the everything from the production and I think the production is really really huge on that album because 
the songs kind of sound in ways like like mm -hmm. the ride that they're trying to represent so i think that's really what made the album so great and that that's like good execution on a theme bad execution of that is one you're probably gonna laugh at this but actually views by drake so you might not know this but what he <laughs> yeah tried i didn't to, really yeah, to do it too much what he tried to execute with views was like he was basically like the four seasons like in toronto and that was mm -hmm. supposed to be like a tribute album to his city like views was short for views from the six that was going to be the original like long title name so and you know the album artwork it has him sitting on top of the cn tower right, right. but yeah it's like he kind of tried to go for this like four seasons vibe you know you start the album it kind of sounds like winter in toronto you get these like kind of chilling type of beats really like kind of quiet and solemn type of music and then the intensity kind of picks up and you get more like upbeat music which is supposed to represent mm -hmm. like the spring and summer in toronto and for the end of the album it kind of goes like falls back into more relaxed and laid back which is like the fall um which is what he said he was going to try to kind of here he was trying to kind of go with there but again it's like with the eternal to take like i kind of got a little bit of that sense but it felt like there was just something missing like it didn't have like the full effect that it intended to um which is again i think just like not the best execution on a theme that had potential you know right. what i mean yeah oh yeah okay i i yeah i definitely agree like that mm -hmm. that's true like the the beats and lyrics and just like the content can contribute to the narrative like going back to mcjenkins like uh, the waters has like that the production really contributes to that narrative a lot of like this kind of watery sound this kind of um spacey watery type feeling right. and the lyrics have a lot of references to the waters too so i think that like that all enhances and makes this really cohesive mm -hmm. element which just makes the album listenable so i think that kind of mm -hmm. tying a bow around this like whole argument of like narrative and um like skits and interludes i think having these things can increase the listenability like vastly and that really makes the difference between the album and the singles i think that's one of the elements that i didn't get to mention earlier that i wanted to bring up now right. like a single it doesn't have to worry about cohesion an album does right in my um, opinion yeah yeah and i think i guess a great transition here now because i already brought it up twice but this might be a little bit unorthodox, but I think another feature that really makes a difference for me when I listen to albums is actually the artwork. And the reason for that is because like when a new album releases or I'm listening to an album for the first time, the very first thing I see before anything is the artwork, right? <laughs> and because music is only audible, right? We can only hear it. Obviously there's music videos, right? That you can watch as right. if an artist chooses to release a music video for a song. But for the most part, your first listen, you'll have like an audio interpretation of it. But what the artwork does is like, I guess, you know, I feel like the way the human brain works in a lot of ways, it tries to connect like audio, audio like qualities and visual mm -hmm. qualities together. So the artwork in a lot of ways ends up being a first impression for me. And it kind of in a lot of ways, like I expect a certain type of sound or the album to sound a certain type of way based on what that visual like I see the first time. And I think I think a lot of artists do realize this and they are pretty purposeful in their artwork, but there are a lot of other artists who kind of just disregard it and are a little yeah. you know, <laughs> different with it. But I think that artwork is a very underrated aspect of an album. And I think it really makes a difference in terms of like how, how it makes you feel at the end of the day. I don't know if you share the same thoughts, but. I'm thinking of an example <laughs> right. that will, because my opinion is not the same. I, I okay. think, I think, it, I think it's kind of one of those things that it can enhance, right? Like having good artwork can enhance because it does impart like some feelings on like tone and mood. But I think that also it's not the end all be all. Like I actually think right. that the, the album artwork can kind of just be whatever it wants to be. And it's not going to stop right. it from being a great album. Um, yeah. Like I said, I'm trying to think of some examples with like this, like I, I know there are examples of horrible artwork that's like, did I, did we need this? Did we like, is this really like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure artwork, you can find a lot of examples of indie for, uh, and art alternative. Dark, for my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, that's oh, a yeah. controversial one, you know, like it's blurred out most of the time, you know what I mean? Right, but I, I think that that actually helps contribute to, I think that that's not a good example because I think that then okay. this is gonna be my like thing. I think the only thing that artwork will do 
is stop something from being a classic. I think artwork can stop an album yeah, from being no, a yeah, classic yeah. if it's I, not I'm, good. I'm, yeah, I'm more on the same page on that sense. You know, I don't think it necessarily like destroy an album, but I feel like the better ones, the artwork will definitely take it to that next level. But I feel like in my experience, most albums don't have bad artwork. Like, yeah. I feel like most artists are like put enough work in our artwork or care enough to have like something good enough that like helps your listening mm -hmm. um yeah like the here oh this is like a cool example i saw like um there's like a something by arm and hammer and the alchemist called haram that came out like not too long ago it has like okay. like um severed pig's heads on the album cover oh, like wow. that's gross i don't want to look at that yeah. but like kind of like the themes are really around like there's like brutality and like police and like the interactions between these communities and so like these right. heads are very like intentional right and like mm -hmm. it's it's pork right so it kind of yeah. has more tie-ins with haram and yeah. um i'm scrolling through looking at some album covers right now but yeah i think i think more than anything they just kind of set the tone you know what right. i mean like yeah, so i, I think it, yeah me giving that example was kind yeah. of saying like agreeing like yeah like they can set the tone they can kind of give you a hint at the theme mm -hmm. before you even listen and then in like, that way yeah i think that they're nice like look at good kid mad city like you got the minivan on the deluxe right which is something right. he actually references in the music so right uh in from that sense you know a lot of artists are pretty like intentional pretty yeah at, at incorporating that into their but i don't think it's album. like I don't, I don't think that it's like a make it or break it element really for me in okay. a lot of ways that's that's kind of my thing but i do think it can help an album become classic because yes. you have like these really cool album covers that people are like yeah. oh this is awesome like this is my choice. Like I, I'm gonna get this on a shirt. Like Joy Divisions. Um, I'm I'm sure you know what I'm referring to. It has like the like the mountain waves. Like they even made like a. They, it gets so popular. It's on every shirt. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the name of the album right now. But um, Unknown Pleasures. There you go. Unknown okay. Pleasures. Joy Division. If you look up the album cover, like you've seen it on a shirt. I guarantee it. Talking mm -hmm. Heads remaining in light. You've seen it on a shirt. I guarantee it. Um. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm ready for more rap album covers to be on shirts. Speaking of this, I don't think okay. we really have many. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, so I think it's something that could make it a classic, but I don't think it's something that really affects my, like influences anywhere else in between there, except for it gives me a sneak peek at the theme, but I don't right. think it really influences my decision between bad and great. Yeah, and, and maybe I didn't come across like that the first time, but I think I think I definitely see eye to eye with you on that sense. It's like okay, like the album cover is not gonna be the deal breaker for me, but it'll it'll definitely take certain albums to the next level. If okay, so, I, right I feel way. like you're saying that it could bump something from yes. good or really yes. good to great. Exactly. I'm not yeah. saying that. I think it'll okay. only keep something out of classic. Okay, I see what you mean. All right, that's fair. Um, I guess the next thing we want to talk about here is this is obviously an important one. I guess the features. Like how 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 much do you think features really play a role when it comes to none? Like, I don't think it matters for an album. I think it really? matters a lot for singles because if you have like a big names on your features, you're gonna generate a lot more buzz. It's gonna stand out in people's minds. I don't think that features make an album good. I don't think they even like. I, I wouldn't even really argue that most of the times they enhance the music in any like measurable way. I think you can look at the the realm of classic albums without features. Um, it's pretty small for hip hop, right? I think people say like Forest Hill Drives. Jay, and... I was about to say the same yeah. thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that was a big deal because, you know, it hit such records without having features. But I think that that maybe ties in with the, the false conception people have that sales makes an album good. Like, right. I, I don't have that viewpoint at all. So I mm -hmm. think that like the fact that J. Cole went, I forgot, was it triple platinum? Am I... Something like that, Defender. yeah. I think it was triple. Yeah, five. like that. But that but album would really like well without features. That like. always that always bothered me in the sense that it's like there's so many artists out there who, if they did that, they'll do the same thing, you know. But was right. it just that he was the first to do it? Like I, I never understood. Like oh, like J Cole's the goat. He went triple platinum <laughs> without features. Like right. I would see that all the time, and I'm like, I hope you realize that there's a number of other artists out there who could do the same thing and probably break his records right yeah. yeah yeah so that's why i think i don't think it contributes to like an album being good okay. like in, in any measurable way um i think it i think it can like contribute to an individual track being good though like i i think yeah. uh, looking at like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy it has some really good features on it mm -hmm. um 
I think like Rick Ross on Devil in a New Dress is one of my, my favorite features of all time on there. Just like the way he kind of breaks up like the Kanye is like suffering with this relationship on this song. It adds some contrast, really makes that track pop. But I don't think that his absence from it would make that album any less like good in my opinion. I think it adds a, a different flavor though, but I, I don't think that it's necessarily, yeah. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I wouldn't say I agree with you fully on this one, just because we've already referenced it twice. Like, look at, let's look at Astro World again, right? Sure. Do you think it would have been as good without all those features? Because there was a ton. Almost every song had a feature on it. And there were certain songs that were like more R&B-esque than they were like, well, because Travis is a very like unique sort of rap artist. You know, right. He relies so much on the sound and the vocalization and the production and the overall aesthetic of the album more so than necessarily his vocals. It's a lot of like like playing around with sounds in his music. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I think I'm seeing something here that just that like, if an art, like an artist can use a feature to kind of cover like a range or add a sound exactly. and like lyrics that they would and not be able I'm to. I'm specifically sure. looking into songs like R.I.P. Screw, which had Sway Lee on it. Or, right. you know, you had like Kid Cudi's vocalizations on Stop Trying to Be God with the James Blake harmonica kind of, right. well, not James Blake. I think it was Stevie Wonder actually with the harmonica. Um, and you had James Blake also um, on there as well. So there, were, and another artist you had, um, Tame Impala, I don't think he was officially lit or they uh, Tim and Paul wasn't officially listed as like, I think a, it's just one like guy. On there, I think you're fine yeah. saying he, but <laughs> no, 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 I think Tim, Tim and Paul is definitely, I think, no, I think it's like some guy in Australia, I think. Yeah, it's Kevin Parker, and then um, like Kevin Parker is a vocalist, but I think they have like a pretty group. He tours with the band, band, but it's just exactly. I think okay. it's just him by himself like that Kevin makes Par the music. Yeah. But so, yeah, that's think, besides think, the point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just Kevin Parker that was there who was helping out with that. Album. Okay, but, yeah, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, like, I, I think the people that are involved in a project help the project, right? Like, I like the producers on an album, like the engineers on an album, like the artists and by extension, like people that are featured. But I don't think that like features influence like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to say something's like audit, like better or worse because it has Drake or it has, um, little ski god 15 or whatever like the most obscure mm -hmm. rapper you can think of is right like those right. things don't those elements don't matter <laughs> to me i care much more about like the verse okay. that they deliver on the track which is okay. to me isn't the feature but it's more of like the the verse and the lyrics itself i got you so I, I guess we can agree that it's more like a special case you know you might have some instances where the feature might be able to use to like fill in for something that the artist is trying to achieve but for the most part it is on the artist themselves right yeah that's my opinion okay. at least yeah. yeah and and just to clarify in case there was any confusion so yeah tame impala like the as far as like recording and the music like that's just kevin parker like writing recording <gasps> okay. performing and then but the touring act where they actually perform is like a bigger group so yeah okay. that's the to be specific it's like tame impala is like the name of the entire project got it okay right and that's why, just I guess the that's individual I mean. man was on the yeah exactly yeah. on the record okay exactly yeah um i guess last i i, I think we pretty much covered a lot of things well i mean i that what i just said kind of brings me into another point that okay. i maybe think is like is like the lyrics so how much do you think the lyrics matter that was think exactly, an artist to artist case is that, that what you're exactly gonna say too? what i was gonna get into next yeah no lyrics definitely matter 100 percent um and again okay so for, for a lot of artists, they will. And this is going back to what I said with production, right? Like you're going to expect different lyrical quality depending on the artist you're about mm -hmm. to listen to. Like Kendrick Lamar's expectation for lyrics is going to be very different from what you'll expect from Young Thug, right? Yeah. Like, let's just be, let's just be honest. And I think, um, I think it does matter in, in the sense that, but you have to apply it appropriately for the artist, right? Like when you look at Kendrick Lamar, it's like, all right, I'm going to be expecting a lot of great metaphors here, a lot of um, lyrics, like really powerful words that have mm -hmm. a lot of like impact uh, for the people listening to the album. But when you look at an artist like Young Thug, it'll just be like, you're looking for, okay, how can he find the most obscure or like right. you know, unorthodox <laughs> way to say something um, and, and kind of, how does he say it? Because Young Thug really like relies on vocal inflection a lot and like changing right. his voice and using different pitches and stuff like that, which I guess still counts as lyrics to some extent, right? You know, because it, it is like a vocalization thing there. Um, 
Whereas with Drake, you're looking for like his subliminals and who he's like potentially dissing here. Like we talked you about. You can't see this, but I'm ago. rolling my eyes so hard. <laughs> but, yeah. And, and you come like even with outside of the R&B or hip hop space, you look at R&B where I don't think lyrics really matter as much. And it's more about like tone of voice and like, mm-hmm. like the vocals and singing rather than actually saying words, like really kind of adding to the overall sound. I know these kind of sound like generalities. I'm trying my trying my best to explain this stuff. But yeah, I think lyrics definitely matter, but they have to be applied to different artists so, right. in a different way. I get what you're saying. Like, I think there's, I kind of agree with what you're just saying. Like, there's like a schism where like, yeah some artists we hold to a standard of like okay like if they say like like oh gosh man one of the well, something that completely killed uh like an album for me was j cole's um i forget if it was his like kids on drugs or the other one like neighbor is it for your eyes only but like one of them he has like the song about folding laundry like the lyrics mm-hmm. are like i want to fold clothes for you and i was like i was like dude this this is the worst thing i've ever yeah heard no and i was actually gonna say like i can't listen to this lyrics are one of those things like you know somebody says one thing and it's just like nah like you hear right, one exactly. line and you're just like nope i'm done and there's so many artists that have said the most like sus things on albums like, <laughs> like rick ross <laughs> is it rick ross like on record like Let, let's not let's not actually say some of these things but like right I, yeah I, like you, there's so many artists that have said something and you go back and it's like huh like <laughs> what did they just say and, and i think those kind of can really potentially be crashers like it's like all right, right that's enough like no i'm I, I can't listen to that again um yeah right so i i agree with what we're kind of saying here is i think for a lot of artists lyrics matter it doesn't matter so much what you don't say like for some artists it would be like surprising if they don't say so like if kendrick doesn't talk about something serious right, right. you'd be like well, what's right. going on here but it does matter what the artist like has to say to some extent yeah. um even if you're it's listening like, to someone like young thug or playboy cardi right it's like that one line uh what did kanye say on jesus is king like sunday you might chick-fil-a i was just oh like, yeah oh, that was good that no, was good no, man you can't hate no, on that yeah so <laughs> close on sunday you're my chick-fil-a that's, oh my that was gosh. good that was no. so clever uh that, the number one with the lemonade man don't hate on that, that. that's your and, and uh, i think this is the most objective man. element of the album though right so i i don't give this a lot of waiting on my like um on my when I try to be objective, like when I try to objectively say like, okay, this album is good or not, I don't really care about lyrics because this is something very subjective, right? Like I think that right. people can disagree and depending on your knowledge of like the world or an artist and their history, like for instance, you think Drake's lyrics are a lot better than I think his lyrics oh, are because lyrics. you know a lot more of his subliminals and things like that. And I'm just kind of yeah. like, dude, this is so like weak. Like this is weak, like this is dumb. And you're like, like, bro, that, that was a subliminal <laughs> no, to like see, Meek it's, Mill it's from hilarious. 2011. And I was like, dude, shut up. <laughs> it's hilarious because every time I send you a Drake lyric, you will just reply with a clown emoji. It's actually the funniest <laughs> thing because there, we never agree on this. Like just yesterday, I think I texted yeah. you this one lyric from Slime Language too, where he was like, my bedroom is miles away. There's too many rooms. I'm like, yes, like that. That is fire. That's a flex. That's right not there. fire, bro. He's saying he has a big house. Who cares? Because no one else has that. It's a flex, right? Other people he, have he, big he, houses, dude. He, no, but he said Bill it Gates. without actually. He said it without actually saying it, which is no, he didn't. He just said it. My bedroom is miles away. Holy shit, dude. But, yeah, th- I guess this is our point right here. Is it's very subjective, right? And right. But I think there is still a little bit of a general consensus that you can like draw right. upon here. Yeah. Like, you can say without a doubt, like Kendrick is the one of the best lyricists like ever, right? You know, that, right. that's that's not going to change. So there are some general general rules you can apply here. But, um, you know, I think I think it's important, but in a subjective way, like it's going to be more important for Kendrick yeah. Lamar than it is for like Young Thug. So I, that's, and it's going to be more important to me than to you what no i see i i love lyrics man I, I, I love but you lyrics, think drake's but... lyrics are good man but they are though that's the thing it's, that's the that's what i'm talking about like your subjective lyrics like it depends on if you what you like and um yeah. yeah for sure let me see if i have anything else on here that I listed um i think that pretty much covers everything is there is there something else that you wanted to mention that i guess we didn't talk about yet 
kind of like we kind of danced around it a little bit talking about like the the like skits interlude samples and uh-huh. like um the album cover but i think like do you think the track list matters like the order do you think Ooh. an artist spend a lot of time deliberating yeah. on this and yeah. this makes a big impact yes yeah they do i think um and we didn't even talk on about song titles i guess i guess maybe that's because uh, you hear the music anyway so i don't know if the necessarily the song title itself is as much but i definitely i, I think the titles contribute to the first thing we talked about we talked about okay. memorability like having right. good yes. titles okay. yeah. people yeah. will remember your tracks they'll remember like the track yeah. list if they have that's good fair. titles that's fair yeah, but no, I I 100% agree with you. I'm surprised I didn't think of that earlier. But yeah, order order of the songs definitely does matter. Um, the opener, the opening track of an album, like oh, yeah. it, it's got it's got to be like something crazy. Um, it's got to catch your attention, like yeah, for sure. It catches your. There's a lot of artists who are like known for having like bangers for like opening tracks, and it's what mm-hmm. makes their albums like so great. Um, and some artists, again, like Kendrick, their first track will it won't necessarily like like be in your face, but it'll, it'll set, set the tone. This, yep, yeah. Like, like I was just about to say that. Yeah, and a lot of I've started noticing you can really tell when an artist is trying to like push a narrative because a lot of times the first song won't even be like a song; it'll just kind of be like, and just like an opener right like mm-hmm. a 30 second long like either like transcript or something just as like an opener and you had that on damn right uh um, right the the first song was it blood it was called blood yep. right? it was yeah. the first song yeah so it was kind of like telling us st- he was t- kendrick lamar was like narrating something and mm-hmm. you had something very similar on savage mode too it's like you get morgan freeman like right out the bat kind of like doing his little narration there so yeah order definitely does matter to me sometimes i think artists overlook it and when you listen to an album you're like "Mm, i think this song should have been before this one but i i think for the most part artists definitely put some thought into the ordering of their songs yeah i agree with that like that's definitely something that um i think is a big element and that i think that artists deliberate a lot of time and it matters a lot to the listener too between good great and classic I don't think the track listing matters between like failing and, and good. Like I think right. if you have like a good tracks, it doesn't matter what order you put them in, they're going to be better than a failure. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I guess that's fair to say. Um, anything else you wanted to bring up? I feel like we covered pretty much all like the essential pillars, you know, uh, like obvious production talked about where that fits in the subject matter, the idea behind like concept albums, driving a narrative, like, you know, having some sort of social impact or mm-hmm. pushing a theme and having this overall aesthetic and vibe that is kind of the intention there. Um, we talked about features, we talked about artwork, and then I, I really feel like the, the last one, I guess we talked about was like memorability and longevity. And that really is like, more of a question for like a like classic albums right i feel like right the classic albums will be the ones that will really stand the test of time um and like you look at some jay-z albums for example you know like still very relevant to this day um i think magna carta holy grail in a lot of ways like it stands that test of time you know i will still listen mm-hmm. to it occasionally so um All right, well, I guess we can, I think that was a little bit shorter than usual, but we can go ahead and end it at that. Um, We'll have another artist spotlight next week. Um, And I think we, I think we decided which one we're going to do that one on. So I'm super excited for it. I think it's going to be one of my favorite episodes so far, but definitely um, tune in again next week for our second artist spotlight. Yep, yep. And thanks for listening. Yep.